I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Spin FL. What is up, y'all? Jonathan Rollins. Excuse me, Sora. Two Americans living in Sweden. Talking about football, one of us doesn't know if he's a fan of his team anymore. But we'll get into that later. Uh, the season's over, man. That's it for us, for our team. One of one of us had a hell of a night. Congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs. Cheers to y'all. Uh, oh. Yeah, man. You, you got over the hump. Dumb. Yeah, you got yeah. over the hump. You uh, got the, the, what do you call it, the monkey off your back? Yep, or in this case, the elephant. <laughs> yeah. uh, I got, I, uh, yeah, my family went to bed and I retired to the living room and started taking some notes for today's podcast on, on all the games that happened on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I did take a little bit of a disco nap between one and two, uh, or one and 145-ish. Got up and fixed myself some snacks and sat down to watch the game and my phone started lighting up immediately. Uh, and I was a little surprised. I, I don't think I wasn't a hundred percent sure if you were going to stay up and watch it, but I was very pleased that you did. Of course. Uh, <clears throat> I was fielding texts from you, uh, from, you know, four or five different family members, uh, back in Georgia. Yeah. I had my cousin who was at the game Oh, uh, with his son, uh, sitting right behind the end zone, and he was sending me pictures, and it was just like, I mean, the experience. How much they charge for that? Do you know what know. the ticket tickets cost? I'm, I'm not just sure. Curious for a college championship game, because the Super Bowl is like, like ten thousand dollars, right? Yeah, I don't know actually. I'm not sure, but he was there. He, he and his son, his teenage nice. son. That's cool. Went to the game and. It was very cool. He he sent me a video that got me a little teared up. It was this thing that my father used to always do when we would go to Sanford Stadium. Uh-huh. Uh, and he would walk in to the stadium, and the first thing he would do would just yell out loud. He was like, are we going to win today? And <laughs> everybody would turn around and go, hell yeah! <laughs> and then I start chanting, go dog! Like, and, and he... Uh, yeah, he sent me this little video of himself walking in and doing that, and uh, yeah, it was it was dope, and it was uh, it was, was a great. long time coming. It was it was cool. It was kind of emotional towards the end, you know. I bet, uh, man. I'm really glad good. for you, man. I was so glad for you, and uh, I think I was more confident in the outcome than you were. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how it ended with that fucking pick six. I'm yes. just like, and that defense. Like, I mean, it ended. The way it should with like yeah. the best defense in college football this Defending. year at least, <laughs> and and just doing their thing, you know yeah. what I mean. And they did such a great job the whole game, and for it to end, it just couldn't have ended in a better way. And you know, it, uh, yeah, it was just it was special. It was pretty cool. 
Yeah, it's like the the one touchdown Alabama scored. They had to have like a perfect sequence and help from the referees. You know what I'm saying? It was like everything mm-hmm. had to go right for them just to get the touchdown, and that's when you know they yeah. got that's the the better team is Georgia. Win or lose, you knew the better team is Georgia tonight. And then you yeah, that that would out. not have made me feel better had we lost. But yeah, I get I get your point. <laughs> yeah, man, I, that's when I, that's why I had confidence at the end. I was like, oh, these guys, they got this, man. <clears throat> Really glad. Yeah, they tore that tore that shit up. Yeah, yeah, man. That was dope. Uh, uh, speaking of tore shit up, uh, yeah, the NFL. Uh, uh, you know, we got some a lot to talk about. I guess we could go through the games. I mean, some what of the an games, insane uh, final weekend! Insane. This is the most interesting weekend ever. What because of everything, the way it falls, the last it, game had the <laughs> possibility of a tie. To send both teams from the tie to the playoffs, and I don't know if you saw at the end of the game, Justin Herbert was caught on camera saying, "I never wanted a tie so bad." And I did life. see that. I did see that. <laughs> you know, it's funny because at the end of Week 17, the way things played out there, it kind of felt like all of the drama. You know, it, it was also partly. You know, a lot of it was revolving around this bet that we had. Yeah. Like we weren't the only ones rooting for the battle of Ohio to matter in week 18, you know, it just would have been more interesting. Yeah. Um, But there were so many things that were more or less settled in week 17 and everything hinging on like, well, if the Jags beat the Colts and I'm like, man, get the fuck out of here. That's not going to happen. Like week 18 is going to be boring as fuck. Nothing interesting is going to happen. And then the Jags, I was like, okay, here we go. I mean, we'll get into that later, but that was. Oh man, I didn't even do a thing. Oh my bad, my bad. I've been, I've been, I was supposed to do. uh, uh, I had planned on doing um, a piece about that. Explain yourself for the Colts, but Mm. I don't have anything because my world got rocked yesterday uh, Mm. when my team unexpectedly firing one of what I thought was one of the top. 10 coaches in the NFL. So I didn't dumb... even do one. So I apologize to everybody. I don't have a explain yourself because I don't know. My team needs to explain themselves to me, man. What the fuck? <clears throat> yeah. But we'll talk about all of them. Black Mondays happen. We got to talk about coaches that got fired. So mm. maybe we run through the games first and then we can talk some news, I guess. Yeah, let's start with the Chiefs Broncos. That was the. When was that? Was that Saturday night? Yeah. There were two games Saturday night. It was this one and the Cowboys game. I watched yeah, both Chief. of these. I, uh, I, I got to admit, like, I kind of forgot that there was two games on Saturday. Me too. Uh, I mean, I think I texted you at the last, like, <laughs> like sometime in the afternoon on Saturday. I was like, hey, bro, I, there's football tonight. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, we're, and then we did a pod for the bet, for the bet, uh, yeah. the patrons. And then we, uh, and then I was like, oh, shit, I got something to do tonight. <laughs> got some football mm. to watch. Chiefs won this game twenty eight to twenty four. I thought they looked really good early. Yeah. They didn't didn't have any trouble moving the ball. Uh, that first touchdown pass to Kelsey just looked too easy. Yeah. Uh, Drew Locke was trash, predictably. You are uh, trash. Extremely inaccurate. Yeah, um, he's so bad. Uh, he was uh, better with his legs though, man. True, and they also got really lucky with that roughing the kicker call that kept that drive alive. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That was, that was, um, yeah. His legs were playing around his arm more or less. He had two <laughs> rushing touchdowns on the day. They were up fourteen to ten at the half. Yeah, 
right? Yeah. Um, partially because there was no Tyreek Hill in this one. Apparently he injured his heel in the warm-up before the game. Um, he played a little bit. He did, but they, they used him – they used them barely, only when yeah. they had to, yeah, like, yeah. just to get that. Yeah, they used them barely. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it, 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 Mahomes and his connection to his receivers looked really off for the majority of the night, uh, especially with Pringle. Like, I don't know what was going on there. If they just – they kept saying, well, they just don't seem to be on the same page. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. That'd be all right. Honestly. I feel like it was a little bit of both. Maybe it was Pringle not running the right routes, and I think Mahomes was a little inaccurate, actually. Yeah, yeah he was. Um, he was. Man, he was uh, throwing, off, like, throwing off his back foot and stuff like that more than normal. Hmm. But, but he started running, too, which was pretty smart. Yep. Um, and that opening second-half drive was really nice, which they finished off with a nifty uh, catch and TD run from – my man, former Georgia Southern Eagle, Jarek McKinnon. What? <laughs> Down in Statesboro, Georgia. I was like, he's from Georgia Southern? you got to be kidding me. I never heard of this guy. Georgia Southern. Uh, but he was really, he, you know, he looks like a wide receiver, and, he, and especially because he's got that, he's wearing the number one on his jersey, but he's actually a running back. Yeah. He was, that touchdown was dope. He he did a little bit of everything on that. He did some juke moves. He yeah. fucking, you know, stiff armed. He barreled his way into the end zone. That was uh, that was nice. Um, but yeah, the penalties started to creep up on the on both teams. Uh, Broncos offense kind of, you know, they looked better than average. Um, Melvin Ingram was good. I mean, he he blew out some big. Yeah, but two, of, but two of those touchdowns are, that they got were, like, runs by uh, Drew Locke. <clears throat> and the defense yeah. seemed to not be ready for that shit at all. Well, and then, of course, you mean the turning point of the game was when it looked <clears throat> like the Broncos were going to score. They were in the red zone. Uh, yeah. And then, and, and then Melvin Gordon, um, you know, sort of... Uh, Just blew up Melvin Ingram. Yeah, well, it was Melvin Ingram. Yeah. Sort of blew up the play. Uh, Melvin yeah. Gordon fumbled, and then Nick Bolton scooped it up and ran it eighty-six yards to yeah. the house. That was it. Yeah. Um, that was um, that was dope. And the Chiefs secured no, they secured number two seed. They're not even mm. the number one seed anymore. That game, mm. that Cincinnati loss, hurt them more than anything. Yeah. And they, and it hurt us. It hurt everybody. It did. It hurt. It hurt. <laughs> it hurt. Um, but yeah, the Chiefs are another one of those teams where it's like, I mean, if I think about the way, the, you know, my my impression of them over the last two years, you always kind of think they have a chance to go far in the playoffs. Um, but this year, more than most, and maybe it's because we kind of saw their vulnerable side last year in the Super Bowl. I'm not surprised if they don't make it to the AFC Championship game this year. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I'm not that shocked. Yeah, uh, given given that they, like I feel like some teams have kind of figured out how to play them to a certain degree. I mean, yep. there was a mo- there was a period in this game where you could tell that the Broncos' pass rush was basically trying to do what Tampa Bay had done to them in the Super Bowl the previous year, like put him under pressure, and we got a chance to win this game. Yeah. Um. 
but it didn't work. Um, but we'll see. Uh, Dallas Cowboys um, beat the <clears throat> breaks off the Eagles, who had kind of a backup squad. And this was in one of those games I was like, ah. Because hmm. the Eagles didn't even, they didn't play their starters. A lot of COVID. You you have a theory that <laughs> that they're getting COVID on purpose? <laughs> I, I think, so here's the way it works. Um, since they changed the rules, you do not have to test for COVID uh, unless you feel symptoms. And apparently what happened is that there were at least a dozen Eagles players who, despite having no symptoms, tested the Monday before this game. And there were suggestions in the media that they were basically trying to do this like COVID analytics. Like if we're going to, if any of our guys are going to get COVID, we want to get it now and get it out of the way because we're not going to play our starters in this game anyway. Okay. So that's sort of the logic behind it. I don't know if anyone's confirmed that. I'm not the only one who thought that. There were other people who wrote about it as well. So this is not, this is not me being the traditional conspiracy theorist that I am. It's just me. <laughs> it, it, it is an example of confirmation bias for sure. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it makes sense. Uh, I, I suggested that last year mm. before when we were wondering if there was going to be a season, that they should just give every – because I thought that once you get it, I was like everybody's – all the players are pretty healthy anyway, so everybody give it to them, and then let's get the season going. But then, yeah, this but, game didn't really matter that much. I guess the Cowboys went into it with the opportunity to improve their seeding. Uh, I don't remember where they started or where they wound up. I mean, we'll we'll go into more detail about. No, it doesn't really matter where you land. We can just talk about the matchups later. But yeah, um, but yeah, they they beat the snot out of the Gardner Minshew led Eagles. I mean, like. <laughs> Forgive me if I'm not impressed. You know exactly. what I mean? Um, so, yeah, we can yeah, go to the I, next one. No, the next game is kind of the same thing. The <laughs> Cleveland Browns won a game, you know, against the, the battle. Yeah, the Battle of Ohio is usually one of those games you kind of want to mark on your calendar, but but yeah. not this one. Uh, this game didn't matter even a little bit. I mean, you had the Case Keenum-led Browns going up against the Brandon Allen-led Bengals. It's, <laughs> it's like, who fucking cares? Who? Uh, I, I, I do love this Dearness Johnson kid. Uh, yeah. the, he's sort of a third-string running back for the Browns. He put up 123 yards on 25 carries. I really, really like him. And I like his story, too. I'm, I don't remember the whole, all the details, but when he got the call up, when Chubb and Hunt went down, uh, this dude was like working on a fishing boat somewhere off the coast of Florida. Oh, wow. Uh, and they brought him in, you know, on the, <laughs> on the practice squad and suddenly he's playing football. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, Browns are obviously out of the playoffs. The Bengals, let's see, the Bengals finished fourth. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're AFC, AFC North champs and they're going to play the Raiders in uh, wild card yeah. weekend. That should be fun. fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm, totally. <laughs> The uh, Packers lost to the Lions. <laughs> Another game that didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which made it all the more odd when they rolled out their starters. I was like, we were texting. I was like, I'm sorry. Am I, did I miss something? I'm pretty <laughs> sure that they clinched the number one seed. What the fuck is Aaron Rodgers doing out there? He's trying to secure um, that MVP. Yeah, Rodgers said that he they were trying to keep their momentum going, which, you know, I can understand that. Um 
either way, they were down 17 to 13 at half. So I'm not sure how that momentum uh, argument really played. <laughs> I mean, obviously, when they got to halftime down 17 to 13, that was when they started pulling all their starters out. Um, and the Lions were actually, to their credit, uh, despite the fact that this game meant absolutely nothing, they were really fun football team to watch on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, they, unlike the team that we'll get to later, the New York Giants, I think oh the Lions God. looked they, the Lions looked at their last meaningless game of the season as an opportunity to just pull some tricks out of the bag and and fuck around. Um, That's what you do, you know, man. <clears throat> You had uh, golf had two TD passes. Uh, Tom Kennedy, a wide receiver, had a TD pass in yeah. this one. 75-yard strike to Khalif Raymond. That was beautiful. Uh, fake he punt had too, 100... right? Yeah. Oh, they tried, it didn't he... work, though. They tried a fake punt. They were pulling it yeah, all Yeah, that's true. Uh, Khalif Raymond had 101 yards on the day. I'm, I'm on Ross St. Brown had 109 yards. Oh, he was balling, yeah. Uh, my man... DeAndre Swift, uh, he had a fun night. It was nice to see him back. But the only thing in this game that I thought needs to be talked about or at least highlighted, which was absolutely adorable, they kept cutting to this this couple in the crowd wearing this um, – it was like it looked like a homemade sort of mashup of a Packers and uh, Lions jersey. Like mm-hmm. someone had like cut them apart and sewn them back together. Okay. You know, so it was like part Packers, part Lions. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And then it turns out that it was the parents of Amon Ross St. Brown, who's a Packers receiver, uh-huh. and Equinemius St. Brown, who is a receiver uh, for for the – well, actually, Amon Ra is for the Lions. Right, right, Equinemius right. plays for the Packers. Um, and it was their parents in the crowd – who had come up with this unique solution of how to support both of their kids who were playing against each other for the first time, uh, which I thought was really adorable. They didn't play Uh, earlier in the season. Maybe, maybe, but this is the first time that I, yeah, but it sparked an interesting conversation amongst my family because my, my wife popped up and said, uh, you know, if my son was drafted by the new Orleans saints, would I show up to a game wearing a saints Jersey? Um, to which I replied, no, I would not. Um, <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> and I told Isak, I said, well, I'll meet you halfway. If you get drafted by the Saints, I will show up to your game, but I'll be wearing a Falcons jersey with your name on it. How about that? Oh. Is that, is that a deal? Well, technically with your name on it. <clears throat> True. Exactly. <laughs> I'll be showing up to a Falcons game with my name on it, son. Yeah. What about you? You're not showing up to a Patriots game with Bash's name on it. Uh, nah. Hell no. But I'd be glad for him. <laughs> of course. And I told him, I said, you take the money. You got to yeah. take that paper, brother. Like, I don't care. Like, I'd be like, for a second. But then I'd be like, go get that money, son. And if you give me a game, check out where a jersey with your name on it. <laughs> give me, you give your, me season tickets. Give me your game check. I got you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give me a game check. I'll go buy myself a jersey. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Minnesota Vikings beat the Chicago Bears 31-17, to mm-hmm. and resulting in the firing of Mike Zimmer. 
and Matt Nagy. This and Nagy, this is the Fire and Coach Bowl. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. The, what we didn't know at the time, I wrote this down, is that this was the uh, coaches are about to get fired bowl. Um, <laughs> both Zimmer and Nagy woke up Monday morning unemployed. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel in both cases it was probably time. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they'll both have futures coaching football. I, I feel like... Well, I mean, uh, I think Zimmer would be somebody's on somebody's <clears throat> staff, at least. Mm-hmm. To me, the Vikings feel like a team uh, that should be better. Um, yeah. The, and the Bears, under four years of Matt Nagy, have... Yeah, worse. You know, have, yeah. have, have just... Not, they've had one really good season, I think. Uh, I mean, I, to be fair, I think he did make the playoffs twice, but I think they... Yeah, I don't know. I just... In a, their situation specifically, you know, you've got this what you're hoping will be this rookie franchise quarterback. Do you really, do you want to, do you want to stick with Matt Nagy and hope that he can develop this kid? Or do you want to go out and, and try to recruit someone like a B enemy or, or some kind of offensive genius guru quarterback? Somebody who's met Sean McVay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there who have met Sean McVay that we don't even know about. I don't even know what great you could go to the wherever his neighborhood is. I'm sure yeah. he's met people who work in the grocery store yeah. there. The bagger, definitely. Yeah, the yeah grocery bagger. He's met Sean or Sean's <laughs> wife, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, uh, girlfriend. He's not married. Girlfriend. Oh yes, yeah, that's right. Whatever. Right. The uh, next game, we got this wonderful game of the week. The uh, Washington uh, soon-to-be-named football team against the New York Giants. That's true. Washington wins mm-hmm. t- twenty-two to seven. Yeah, a week after what can only be characterized as a shit show of a post-game presser by Joe Judge, his Jake Fromm-led team came out and played. They just laid an absolute turd on the field, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. I've never uh, seen a fan base this mad. <clears throat> They were pissed, bro. And look at Jake Fromm. I mean, this fucking guy, my man, former Bulldog, Jake Fromm. 15 for 31, 103 yards, one touchdown, two picks and a fumble. And both picks were pick sixes. And both of them (laughs) to Bobby McCain. Both of them. Uh, Bobby McCain out there, former Dolphin. Shout out to him. I sat there wondering, going, like, I still just, I scratch my head that they went with this guy over Justin Fields at, at Georgia for like, I mean, this is the guy that, that, that basically made Justin Fields transfer, uh, to, uh, Ohio state. This was it. <laughs> they, the dog said, no, Jake front, we're going to roll with Jake. And this guy is so fucking bad. And yeah. I was so pissed when it happened and I knew he was going to be trash in the NFL. Um, Joe judge got booed the entire game. He's still employed. Uh, I don't know if that's going to last. Actually, I'm seeing no, me neither. That, because they the GM resigned over the uh, on Monday. Ooh. Jake Gettleman, Jake Gettleman resigned, and so now rumors are starting to swirl that Joe Judge's future may be in doubt, uh, especially since the new GM is coming in. So we'll see. That's that oh. one's TBD. I would say. Yeah. Um, one of the things that popped up in this game, which I thought was insane. That the the one TD pass from Fromm to Slayton, listen to this. 
the first receiving touchdown. Oh yeah, that's a, by a by a Giants receiver since October twenty fourth. Giants receivers have only had five touchdowns all season. How much did they pay Kenny Galladay to come there? Wasn't it like seventy million something dollars? Uh, can't get him the ball. Um, <clears throat> Joe Judge is definitely under fire. You know, he was talking about how his team was always going to fight to the end, and then they did this crazy quarterback sneak on third and nine. Yeah, fighting to on, the end. On the, I mean, that was like it was basically the equivalent of a kneel down. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. I mean, a lot of a lot of people are saying that. That should have gotten him fired immediately. Yeah. Um, if he does not get fired within the next couple of months, uh, we talked about this on the phone. I, I think it's it's not even a contest. Joe Judge comes into next season with the hottest seat. Yeah. Uh, in the NFL, if he if he survives. Yeah. Uh, I agree. But I don't think he will. The um, next game anyway. was the craziest game on the weekend that uh, changed everything. Is the Colts losing to the Jaguars eleven to twenty six? Bro, upset okay. of the year, dude. Okay, so let's let let's get into this because this this is, was the game that unleashed like chaos and hellfire across the entire <laughs> NFL for the rest of the evening. All the Colts had to do was win. And get yeah, in. one job. Yeah, but losing this game, by losing it, they essentially uncorked the lid off of, it made me think of like, remember that scene from, from the Indiana Jones, the Ark of the Covenant, when the when the lid comes up and it's like all hell breaks loose and the Nazis' faces start melting and it's like, Aah! Oh, I, I've seen uh, images of that, yes. But I, I haven't that is seen essentially that what I felt like was was happening in Duval County that night. I was just like, good Lord. And they, and they, the fact- they ran them off the field, too. They beat them yeah. up and down the field. And that's the thing. It wasn't even like an accident. Like, ooh, oh, it, oh, if it wasn't for that bad call, or that, but like, it was just an absolute fucking beat down. Yeah. A beat down. I mean, the Jags came to play. This was easily Trevor Lawrence's best game of the year, going 23 for 32, 223 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. At first drive, 12 plays, 65 yards, eating seven minutes off of the clock. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. It, it was crazy. Jonathan Taylor did nothing. Nothing. Uh, I mean, the Jags' defense, obviously, you got to give a shout-out to them. I mean, I mean, Taylor only had 77 rushing yards. Wentz, I mean, how bad was he? <laughs> he was Wentz level bad. I mean, this was the thing, you know. It's like he has these moments where you think, like, oh, he's still good, and but man, it, it, those moments did not happen in this game. I mean, it was well, he yeah, was seventeen. We got bad for, Carson Wentz. Seventeen for twenty nine, one hundred eighty five yards, one touchdown, one pick. He got sacked the fuck out of his britches like six times. Uh, Josh Allen, who hadn't had a sack since he sacked Josh Allen. Uh, <laughs> remember that crazy game? Yeah. He had two, he had two sacks in this game. The upset Jags, um, baby. This was a weird one because it was like, like it, it, the the chaos like kind of slowly built with each drive. It just got more and more difficult to ignore. Like, holy shit, this is happening. This yeah. thing that everybody was like, oh, if the Colts lose to the Jags, it's like, um, it, it once I got, it was like gradually, we were like, I can't ignore the fact that this is actually getting ready to happen. And given it. this, dude, the, the Colts have seven players 
who were going to the Pro Bowl this year. Seven. Seven players going to the Pro Bowl, and they're not going to the playoffs. Seven players How? going to the Pro Bowl. The end of the season, nine and eight. Dolphins have one end of the season, nine and eight. Just throwing it out there. I'm still mad about this shit that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But go ahead. Uh, <laughs> the, Jags also, the Jags also had a huge goal line stand on fourth down, stopping Jonathan Taylor on the one-yard line. Uh, right. that, that I think that was kind of the moment where it hit me. The Jags are gonna. The Jags are yeah. not going to lose this game. They yeah. refuse to lose this game. This is not happening. Plus the play uh, call. I was like, if they don't get this to the outside and have somebody trying to <clears throat> tackle Jonathan Taylor on the edge, then they're gonna get tackled right. And they just ran it right down the middle. And they also did a really bad job of adjusting in my yeah. opinion, because it was like, even though you had almost the entire game to realize, okay, our normal game plan isn't working. Like they never tried to get Naheem Hines into the game. I don't think he had a single carry the whole game. It was like, no, he you know, I'm off. not saying that Naheem Hines is going to save your team, but I am saying like, try something different, bro. Because what you've been doing the whole night, it's not working. I remember him running a few times. I think he had some catches, but I don't think he had oh, a single catches. actual okay. like rush, okay. uh, rush attempt. Well, um, yeah, they got behind and then they started like putting the game in Wentz's hands, and it's like he never keeps a good throwing idea. picks. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, when it was all said and done, the Colts found themselves, uh, you know, in the loss column, but also needing the Steelers, the Patriots, and the Chargers to lose so that they could figure out a way to sneak into the playoffs. Unfortunately for them, only two of those three things happened. Um, yeah. But I will say this. The Georgia Bulldogs, they know how to win in Indianapolis, baby. Yeah, <laughs> let's go! Yeah! Oh, man. It's got Fuck your Colts. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck your Colts. Fuck your Colts. <laughs> All right. The uh, next game is the... Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers snuck into the playoffs, man. They beat the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Crazy. And Huntley was out there looking like a backup. Did you see the the? This was a funny next gen stats thing at the beginning of the game. They they said that the the Ravens had a two point six percent probability of making the playoffs, and the Steelers had like a ten percent chance. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad next I, <laughs> next gen. Yeah, that was like, man, that's got to hurt. I know how that feels. Don't yeah. even come at me with that shit. I'm just <laughs> glad it wasn't the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the Ravens, man, they just, they limped into this game and limped out of it too, man. I don't know. I just. This was, te- both, this was a terrible football game yes. in the first half. It was awful. Um, and they act like, you know the- what? You know what annoyed me? I'm sorry. I got to go on a quick rant real quick. Yeah, I'm so it. annoyed with the NFL mistakenly thinking that America loves Ben Roethlisberger. We do not like this guy. There's, I don't care that it could be his last game. I don't care when his last game is. I think he's been playing two years too long anyway. Uh, can you guys stop with the – just because he's been in the league for a long time doesn't mean that we all love him. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> the only one it's that loves gross. him is, the, uh, is you know, Mike Tomlin, I guess. The Steelers organization. America doesn't it, it love le- Big Ben. It leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I hate it. Yeah. Just whitewashing his whole 
career uh, and just throwing flowers at it every yeah. chance they can get. That's kind of gross. The first half, listen to the first half possessions in this game for both teams. <laughs> Uh, Steelers punt, Ravens fumble, Steelers field goal, Ravens interception, Steelers interception, Ravens turnover on downs, and then two, both of the two teams essentially traded seven punts between them before the Ravens kicked a field goal. It's three to three at halftime. That's the first half of this game. <laughs> like, what the fuck? This is ridiculous. Uh, so bad. Uh, TJ Watt tied the sack record, which I guess was fun. Yeah, the um, crazy thing was, and I might be an asshole for this, but he all—they he, thought he had it, but it turned yeah. out that he had, it was a incomplete pass. I mean, it was like an inco- inter- interception or something. I forget what it, it was. Some. I think what it was is that he he blew up the play, like as the quarterback was handing the ball off. Yeah. So they counted it as a as a tackle for a loss instead of a sack. Okay, that's okay. And then I was like. Man, it'll be kind of funny if if he doesn't get tied a record because <laughs> they thought he, also, he had it, and they were all everybody was so he excited. Also, he also had a chance later in the game to to get the record. He got a half sack that was wiped off the boards because the other half his his sack partner uh-huh. uh, hit Huntley uh, in the head with his helmet. Oh so they, wow! So it became a roughing the passer penalty instead. <laughs> So he he lost the he lost the sack record twice that night. Damn. Uh, but uh, there were a couple of interesting plays in the second. Latavius Murray had a huge forty-six yard touchdown run Man. in the second half. Kind of made you think the Ravens were going to win this game. But how many times have we said that this year? Where it's like, oh, here we go, Ravens, and then you know, I don't know, man. I I, I just feel like year. that's all. <clears throat> I mean, you know, this game went to overtime. Um. You know, Ravens got the ball for, first. They had to punt. They did manage to stop the Steelers on their drive, but on fourth and eight, uh, you know, the Rapists hit Ray Ray McLeod for an amazing catch, clutch first down. Yeah. Uh, f- which was I thought was kind of fascinating, especially I obviously I'm sitting here the whole game thinking about you know the Ravens season and their whole fourth down going for two analytics. Uh, and yep. how they didn't even need to be in this situation in week 18 at all. Uh, and the play that essentially knocks them out of the playoffs uh, unpredictably winds up being this amazing fourth down converted into a first down. Like, how much of an in-your-face moment is that? Yeah. Four plays later, Boswell kicks the game-winning field goal, and it's it's over. Yeah. Um, all the Steelers needed was for the Raiders and the Chargers to not end in a tie. Uh, which nearly happened. We'll get to that. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, to me, this sort of reminded me of that old phrase, that Southern phrase, you know, the Steelers getting into the playoffs at nine, seven and one. It's like putting, like talk about putting lipstick on a pig. Like yeah. this was, this was, uh, this was not pretty. Another Mike Tomlin winning season. That's the only part about this. I like it, You know, it's like, I, I've never really been a big fan of the Steelers, but I've never, I've never experienced a situation where, there's a team that I dislike who has a coach that I'm just absolutely in love with. I love this guy. Did you see the celebration in the locker room? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. I've never seen him so animated. Mm-hmm. What a player's I coach. Th- I, think, I think he's, yeah. <laughs> I, I really hope to see him in college football someday. That'd yeah. be great. <laughs> he could go to LSU. 
Yeah. The Tennessee Titans uh, beat the Houston Texans. Barely. And, uh, <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, Houston was fighting hard. Davis Mills, man, he's got a nice deep ball. I don't know. He's, he's a gunslinger, but uh, Titans held on and win the game 28-25. I don't have much to say about it. It would be interesting to see how Davis Mills – because it looks like the Texans are kind of poised to, to roll with Mills next year uh, as their starting quarterback, which obviously could be a horrible idea. But who's going to be surprised if this guy winds up – I don't know if he'll be good for the Texans. But I don't know. I could see this guy being good all of a sudden. Like, hey, I got a wild prediction right now. Yeah, do it. Deshaun Watson's going to beat his case. He's going to settle, whatever. Yeah. The Texans are going to fire David Culley. Yeah. And they're going to hire newly and un and, and uh, <clears throat> unfortunate firing uh, uh, Brian Flores, who uh-huh. Deshaun Watson okay. really wanted to play for. And uh, Watson's going to decide, you know what? I don't need to be traded. I'm going to stay here in Houston. And then... Oh, wow. Brian Flores is going to build that defense up, and then they're going to be a sick-ass team. Interesting. I like that. Write that down. We'll see if that comes true. Yeah, man. Uh, it was nice to see Julio Jones finally get a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Uh, he looked He looked good. Uh, this was his best game of the year by far. He, he looked really good. He looked healthy. He looked dangerous. Um, he Yo, watch out for them, man. They're going to have – Derrick Henry. Yeah. <laughs> and they're gonna they're, have Julio Jones. Yeah. I mean they're 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 looking And they got little... and Brown is back. AJ Brown's back. Yeah. Whew. That uh that Tennessee Green Bay Super Bowl. No, when does one versus one ever happen? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so they, they clinched the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, and the first bye week, so they got they got two weeks to just kind of get their shit in order and and continue to get more healthy and oh. um yeah we'll see uh, they were one and done last year I think but I don't think that's going to happen this year the uh, Saints played the the Falcons next <laughs> <laughs> did y'all play I just want to want I just want to know I didn't see much of the game. Y'all played your starters, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. we did. Uh, okay, look. Here's here's what I'll say about this game. I guaranteed a Falcons victory. I was wrong <laughs> about that. Uh-huh. I changed my uh, post-it note. This is the all-time <laughs> record between the Falcons and the Saints. Falcons are 54, Saints 52. So okay. that drama continues. Uh-huh. Uh, this was an all-around pathetic display of football uh, where you saw a Falcons team unable to beat Taysom Hill despite the fact that Taysom Hill went 7 for 9, 107 yards passing, one touchdown. Uh, and he didn't – and it's not like he beat us with his legs. He only had 18 yards rushing. He got hurt, came out of the game. Simeon goes in. I'm thinking, okay, fine. Maybe we got a shot now. No. He goes nine for 15, 71 yards, two touchdown passes. Camara was unstoppable, 146 yards. We, we couldn't stop anything. Uh, Mike Davis fumbled the ball away twice. Of course, Matt Ryan threw a pick because that's what he does. 
Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe they came into, I was hoping they would come into it just wanting to be feisty and nasty, but they just looked, they didn't look like they were there to win. Um, the Saints obviously had a chance to make the playoffs, so naturally they, they were playing with a bit more purpose. Um, winning this game did put them in a playoff spot, uh, but thankfully the 49ers took care of what the Falcons could not uh, and knocked them out. Um, you know, I know we have Saints fans who think that I'm too hard on their squad, um, and I hope that they know – you know, I'm only like that really for two reasons. One, I'm a little jealous of your recent success and your stability, which is something that my Falcons have been unable uh, to replicate. And the second reason why I'm a little hard on Saints fans is because nat- generally they're kind of dicks. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I love New Orleans as a city. Um, one of my favorite places on earth, like truly. But Saints fans are kind of like the NFC equivalent of the Jets fans, in my opinion. <laughs> like even when they suck, they're impossible to to bear. Uh, and I say this, I'm going to give you a little evidence of why I should. You, everybody should just like hold your fucking mentions and whatnot. I am never going to forget the year that we lost the Super Bowl. Uh, the most like embarrassing moment in Falcons franchise history a few weeks later is Mardi Gras in New Orleans and up pops this float with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones's face on the float and the float is titled The Young and the Ringless. Oh wow. That's fucking cold. So when your fan base like, is uncalled for, man. It, exactly. So yeah. In all seriousness, I do love our Saints fans, but yeah, fuck you guys. So you know, I'm glad you're not going to the playoffs. Like you said on the phone to me, Jonathan, misery loves company, and there's plenty of room around the table. You know, So the NFC South is a pretty crowded table of miserable foes at the moment. we got the Panthers, <laughs> the Falcons, and the Saints all sitting around complaining about, you know, who's, le- who's less shitty. <laughs> Damn. All right. Then uh, uh, in the, uh, the Mike Tomlin Bowl uh, – we do not care. The Buffalo mm. Bills played against the uh, <laughs> New York Jets and beat them twenty-seven to ten. Nobody's. I don't know. I have nothing to say about that. I, the only thing I, I don't have a lot either. The only thing I would say is that it did look a little concerning to me that it took the Bills so long to put these Jets away. Yeah, Bills. Um, it's not their year, man. Sorry, man. <clears throat> There's something about these Bills that just yeah, they're not what we thought they were going to be this year. Um. This game meant nothing. Mm, I mean, they did clinch the AFC North. Uh, and now East. we have round AFC East, sorry. Um, and now they they and now we get round three of Bills Patriots. Yeah. Round. So that's gonna be a beatdown. Hmm. I mean, well, the Patriots might confuse uh the Bills a little bit, but once Allen starts running, I mean they they <clears throat> They're gonna. They can't keep up. The Patriots can't keep up with Buffalo. Sorry. Certainly not in normal weather. I'll say that. Yeah. Hmm. We couldn't do diddly poo offensively. <laughs> we couldn't make a pass down. <laughs> we couldn't run the ball. All right. The uh, in the next game, uh, for the first time since the year, I want to say two thousand, the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. swept the New England Patriots. It felt so good. Uh, and it was like, man, another, you know, it's just like going out on a positive note to end the year. 
Uh, we bookended the season with victories over the New England Patriots. Uh, unfortunately, the first end of that bookend was followed by a seven-game losing streak. And then mm. uh, the second end was it was during an eight-and-one run. So uh, everything seemed great, man. It was like a, a positive way to go into the offseason. We know we got our coach. We feel like we got our quarterback. And we have the highest draft capital, not draft capital, but uh, salary cap in the league. We're going to be good. And then Miami went and fired the coach. Crazy. Because uh, him and the GM didn't get along. According to rumors, who knows, man? And there's like one side is saying that Deshaun Watson was uh, Brian Flores really wanted him. Uh, I guess everybody's saying Watson really wanted to play for Flores. Uh, but I don't know. They, everybody said the last day Ross went to fly down there to talk to Watson to try to get him to settle. So that mm. makes me think Ross must have wanted him. I don't know. I have no I, idea. I, but I don't think the Watson is the only thing. But everybody's saying that he's a, he's not a, a – Brian Flores is not the easiest guy to get along with. And uh, who the fuck cares if the coach is not a nice guy? <laughs> I don't know, man. What what this Bill Bill the best coaches in the league they don't seem like the the most sweet people, and I can right. see that Miami organization being the type of people that want somebody to kiss everybody's ass, and uh, I can't see that being uh, Brian Flores is he's not cut like that. Mm. So I, I wish I they got a best man. I think this is a huge mistake. Of course, uh, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, to watch the mistake kind of unfold over time. Um, yeah, I, I think I think this this Stephen Ross guy may have just shot himself in the foot. And he don't um, care. That's the thing. He's hmm. he owns a team. Uh, I think he wants to win, but I don't think he cares that that right now that maybe I won't win for five years. I don't think he gives hmm. a fuck, man. I think. Uh, <laughs> like he's 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 not around. He's an absentee owner, and he's right. he's taking the word of the general manager in that group and and the coach on the other hand doesn't care about kissing his ass so he's like all right well, we'll get rid of this guy he's obviously the problem but no the team got turned around man you got two winning seasons for the first time since 2002 hmm. first time the the team has gotten two winning seasons back to back and you fired a guy that did it the first and the only reason he's got a a losing record for his tenure is because the first year they took all the players away. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know and what I, more you I, want. A guy wins football I games. Still, I still believe that this public courting of Deshaun Watson in the middle of the season, uh, the effect that that has on the coach, the effect that it has on Tua, I, I, I find that to be disgraceful in my yeah. opinion. Uh, if I were a Dolphins fan, like that in and of itself would make me mad as a Dolphins fan. And now it ends like this. It's like, Jesus, what, a, what the fuck? Yeah, this I, yeah. this shows they didn't give a fuck about the fans. No. Doing that the whole time, uh, the fan base is pretty split. Half of them wanted Watson. Half of them are like, I'm never cheering for this team again if they bring a sexual predator onto the team. And then... Right. Uh, uh, I will say something in an effort to cheer you up. It's uh, impossible, Skiff. Well, it, it maybe <laughs> not... In- it, it doesn't reach the – it's not going to be an even thing, but it is something that I forgot to mention when we first started recording. Uh, you beat the snot out of me and flip them and pick them this week. Oh, yeah? I mean yeah, – you beat me. You beat me 11 to 5. 
<laughs> nice. Well, that's yeah. good. That's good. So, small victory. <laughs> we do not care. <laughs> uh, what was the next game? The, was it uh, Rams 49ers? No, the no? Bucks, Bucks Panthers. Oh, right. Bucks Panthers. I mean, again, <laughs> what, what do we do here? Uh, it took a while, but the Bucks eventually just murdered the Panthers. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Panthers scored first, and the you know Bucks were only up ten to seven at the half. Um, but they, you know, eventually sort of took care of this sad excuse for a football team. Sam Darnold <laughs> was absolute trash. Twenty nine for forty two, two hundred nineteen yards, two touchdowns, a pick, plus a fumble. Brady was near flawless. You got to give him credit. Uh, 29 for 37, 326 yards and three touchdowns. I guess, you know, no AB, no cry uh, yeah. is the only lesson you take away from this one. Man, he's looking um, like uh, that Brady to Evans combination. It's looking pretty good, man. It's coming along. I didn't know he would, they would I, get there. Yeah, I, I was thinking that instead of uh, going into detail about this game, we give our listeners uh, at least kind of a bullet point breakdown on how the A-B situation uh, more or less played out. I feel like the last time we recorded, all we knew was that Antonio Brown was claiming that he walked off the field because they were trying to force him to play through an ankle injury. Uh, I believe everything that this man says, just for the of record. Of course. Of course. Uh, it, the Bucks allowed Antonio Brown to kind of own the public narrative for about 48 hours, which I thought was a huge mistake, yeah. uh, until they finally came out. And Bruce Arians explained that it had nothing to do with an ankle injury. Uh, that it, he, Basically, what it seemed like was what we were suggesting last week is that this may have had more to do with Antonio Brown getting his his money from his incentives he was he was a you know however many yards and catches and touchdowns away from pulling in a million bucks interestingly enough there's two games uh, left this is so weird i know uh, well apparently what happened was that a week before this game even happened uh antonio brown's agent it, it was being reported that his agent went to the team and requested that that incentive money be transferred into guaranteed money. Um, at which point the team said, uh, no. That's not how contracts that's, work. <laughs> that's not how, yeah. Incent, that's like literally the opposite of incentives. Uh, so I think AB knew that it was going to be hard for him to get that money. Uh, and he wanted to change that. And then he probably built this narrative in his head that they were trying to stop him from um, from getting the incentives and that was what started to cause. So there, there are reports from both coaches and players that at halftime in this game, Antonio Brown had a complete meltdown in the locker room, complaining about how he was not getting targets and how you know they were trying to keep him from getting him his incentive money. That story sounds far more believable than the Antonio Brown version, in my opinion. Uh, what about the uh, OnlyFans girl version? Yes, exactly. Uh, not to be outdone in the chaos department, just when you thought this couldn't get any weirder, uh, you know, up pops this, like, you know, toilet seat licking OnlyFans prostitute. Uh, really? She's a sex worker? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's, a sec- she's, she's an online kind of influencer. I guess you'd call her a 
prostitute, an escort, whatever. She, you know, uh, she's quite famous for, let's see, what's it say here? Was it pandemic? Was toilet licking? Yeah. She's uh, Ava Louise. She's 23. Uh, so the story is apparently, she, uh, you know, AB paid for her to show up at his hotel room the night before the game. To talk strategy? Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, to talk routes. He was going to run some routes. Uh, <laughs> go routes? Oh, that's afterwards. Yeah, yeah he was going to do some go routes all over her chest uh, and her back and her face. Um, it says here that Luis is perhaps best known for filming herself licking a toilet seat in a proclaimed bid to catch COVID-19 in 2020 uh, in an effort to become immune. Um What? Yeah, it, that also turned out to be a hoax. Like she said the next day that it was like, like she claimed that she was just licking some random toilet. But so, apparently no, I was, was I was licking toilets. You know, I, I wasn't trying <laughs> to get COVID. I was yeah. lick, I was just licking toilets. And All she right. kind of publicly bragged about how she tricked everyone. Uh, so I don't wow. know how much to believe of this story of her. It sounds like they're so both very, very intelligent people. The two of them. It's like they're. <laughs> well, oddly, it kind of feels like they're made for each other. Almost yeah. like that these two should get married. Like that should be the real penalty here. These two should be forced to marry <laughs> publicly. No, man. You uh, don't want, you got to think about the next generation of Earth. <laughs> I'm here for the chaos, my friend. I, I'm, I'm all in. Wow. So. Yeah, so that was that. The Bucks and the celebrity. There was also the celebrity uh, chauffeur, right? Oh, did we talk about that? Oh yeah, that guy was. He confirmed the thing about targets. AB went on this podcast where these guys were just basically licking his ass for an hour and a half uh, as he just went on this rant about you know insinuating that you know that he's the best receiver and he threw Brady under the bus. He talked shit about Brady. He talked shit about everybody. It was like. It's like, bro, you, who the fuck's gonna hide? There's no nobody's gonna. Wow. I, I think he's. I think he may have officially worn out his welcome in the NFL. Like, despite the fact Thank that. Thank goodness. He's, I, I I I think the the league is better off without him in it, and I can't imagine anybody being dumb enough to try and bring him in to their team at this point. I could have imagined the scenario where they were like, "Hey, will somebody pick this guy up for a playoff run?" Like. Yeah. All we got to do is put up with this asshole for like three or four games, and hopefully we'll get a Super Bowl out of it. But for a whole season, eighteen weeks, ugh, no way. This guy's finished. You know, he's from Liberty City, right, Miami? <laughs> Florida man. Nice. He is like <laughs> he is the ultimate Florida man. That guy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, right, and did you see To is in good shape? Have you seen that? <laughs> I did. I he did. Run, he runs like a four four still, something like that. <laughs> I don't believe that. I gotta to, see that. <laughs> to apparently wants to come back and play for the Bucks. Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> He's forty four um, years old. He ran a four four forty. That that can't be real. I need to see that. I need to count it myself. Mm. That's crazy. Uh, well, let's move on to the next one, because uh, this game had some pop. 49ers-Rams. Uh, overtime. 27-24, to 24, the 49ers win. Uh, 49ers needed to win to, to clinch a playoff bet. spot. No, no, to my help, bad, Yeah, they needed to win to clinch a playoff spot, and it was not looking good early. The Rams were up 17-3 to at the half. 
Um, yeah. Thanks to some very good play by my man, former Bulldog, Matthew Stafford. Started the game perfect. He started the game perfect. He was like 9 for 9, 10 for 10, something like that. How'd he end he, uh, it? He had that fourth down TD strike to Higby and another how, one to Higby. How on the did round. he end it, Skiff? Yes, we're going to get to that. <laughs> uh, 49ers only had 83 total yards at the half. Uh, yeah. But in the second half, Jimmy G got his shit together and started cooking. Uh, back-to-back TD drives. Debo's rushing TD was amazing. And if that wasn't enough, they fucking toss him the ball and he throws a fucking touchdown pass to Jawan Jenkins, who suddenly came alive. Uh, he had another touchdown. Didn't he have a game-tying touchdown too? Jenkins? I think so. Um, Jalen Ramsey had an insane interception in this game where he bobbled the ball to himself like 12 times. Did you see that? That was crazy. Yes, I did see that. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, Stafford so to, to uh, Stafford to uh, uh, OBJ is turning into a thing, man. Definitely, um, that's their only hope in the playoffs. The uh, combination that gets even better, but I mean, Cooper yeah. Cup is balling, he's getting all the attention. Uh, I don't know, man. The Rams, I don't know, bro. Cooper Cup is obviously his most reliable receiver. Uh, the thing that's a little scary about Stafford to OBJ. OBJ has this this kind of like other otherworldly ability to make catches that aren't supposed to be made. And yeah. it goes, you know, and he has a long history of that. Obviously, we all can, you know, trace it back to the one-handed catch and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But in a way, on one level, that's obviously a weapon. Uh, but when you throw Stafford into the mix, mm-hmm. I see that as – it could also be a bad thing because the last thing you need from a, a from a quarterback like Matthew Stafford is an excuse to just throw it up there and hope that OBJ can produce another miracle catch. Yeah. Uh, because he, as you had eluded, um, threw two picks on the day. Yeah. Um, the game was essentially ended on a Matthew Stafford pick. Yep. In overtime. Uh, after the 49ers had kicked the field goal, the Rams got the ball back and it looked like the, or no, yeah, the Rams looked like they were going to drive the field and then Stafford threw a pick and the game was over. So Uh, I was like, what is happening? How did... It it, it was the most perfect ending to the game and it's precisely how, in my head, I can imagine the Rams being knocked out of the playoff on a Matthew Stafford pick. It's it's like... Makes sense. They're either going to win the Super Bowl or they're going to lose because of a Matthew Stafford pick. It's one of those two things. There's no in-between. So, uh, and then we got two games left. The uh, Seahawks beat the Cardinals thirty-eight to thirty. Shout out to Cliff Kingsbury, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's met Sean McVay, right? <laughs> right? No, he came from college, right? He came from college. No, but they're friends. Okay. I've seen them. I've seen them on in interviews before. They know each other. Like okay. they've had dinner. Oh, well, maybe that's why he's a the coach. They're buddies. They're tight. <laughs> Uh, Just yo, these apart. Seahawks, these Seahawks, bro. Uh, I mean, they came to play on the last uh, day of the season. Yeah. Uh, they said at the beginning of the game that the Seahawks were treating this like it was a Super Bowl, uh, which kind of made me wonder, like, why didn't you do that the whole year? Treat every game like a Super Bowl. Because these dudes, they were on fire. Russ was unbelievable. He went 15 for 26, 238 yards. Three touchdowns. He did throw one pick. Rashad Penny. Jesus Christ. Find this. Talk about a shiny penny you pick up on the sidewalk. God <laughs> damn. He had 190 yards 
190 yards on 23 carries. One of them was a huge 62-yard touchdown run, which essentially yeah. iced the game. Yeah. Um, he just ran away. This was some vintage Russell Wilson shit, uh, yeah. especially how he was linking up with Tyler Lockett. Uh, this looks like the Seahawks we expected to see this year, so much so yeah. that I feel like in the middle of this game, I changed my mind about – I've been saying, like, I kind of want to see Russell Wilson in a new jersey. After this performance, I was like – you know what? No, man. If they can do this, like, stay. I want to see him there. Like, he just feels like a Seahawk to me. And if they can do this next year, then I'm I'm all for Russell Wilson staying. I heard you say that you want to see Russell Wilson in New Jersey <laughs> playing for the Giants or the Jets. Is that what you're saying? No, that that I definitely don't want to see. <laughs> if he's going to be in a new – if Russell Wilson is going to have – Put on a new jersey. I, I'm hoping it's a Falcons jersey. That's the only thing I can say. About hey, that. yeah, I understand that. <clears throat> All right, and like I, you said, the Cardinals go. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, limping into the playoffs. Cliff, they were man. bad. Murray got sacked five times. The receivers were dropping the balls. They had a bunch of passes that were batted at the line. I I hate to be that guy, but. And I've always liked to sort of ignore the fact that Baby Yoda is so fucking short, but it felt like a real problem in this game. Like uh, when they uh, showed yeah. when they showed that camera angle, you know, where they have that that spider camera that kind of drops yeah. down, and and you can see kind of more or less from behind Kyler Murray. When you see that off that defensive line and that pocket collapsing on him, and you kind of see what he sees. It's like he can't see the secondary. Like it, yeah. I, like it didn't surprise me at all that he got so many passes batted in that game. But Steve Steve Young is was short. How tall yeah. is Murray? Like five eleven, six feet. That's the same as Russell Wilson. Five eleven. I think they say he's five eleven. I think he's more like five four. <laughs> <laughs> he's not five four. <laughs> he looks like it. With that helmet, he's probably five eleven. Five <laughs> eleven with his helmet on. <laughs> Why do they have this stuff in centimeters? He's five ten and five ten and one eighth. Wow, he's short. See, I told you. Wow. Told you. Hmm. Five ten and one. He's shorter than me. Hmm. Okay. I feel he like probably got to be I, the shortest quarterback in football. I feel like. The way the Cardinals are playing right now, it's just not going to translate to a deep playoff run this year, in my opinion. Um, they're they have the Rams in the first round. Uh, good luck with that. We'll see. Yeah. That one yeah. they could win. No, I mean, we'll they're, see. They're, it's possible. They're going to get. No, but out. I'm just saying it's possible if you get that if you get that pick throw version of Matthew Stafford, it's mm, possible okay. for the Cardinals to win. You know what I mean? Um, but they're not the better team on paper, that's for sure. No, they're about to get there. They're on. They're in and out, in the playoffs, out the playoffs. Hmm. Yep. Uh, Final game right. La- was. Let's uh, do right. it. Yeah. This is the one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Chargers and the Raiders went in an overtime thriller. Raiders went thirty-five to thirty-two. The drama was there. I was. Talking my shit on Twitter, saying that they need to uh, just make it a tie. It'll be fun. But obviously, that's never going to happen. But then it almost happened. Okay, before we get into this, I want to point out, privately, 
I told you the Raiders were going to win this game. Yeah, yeah, we bet on it. We and, won money. We won money on this game. Thank you. And I told you that Brandon Staley was going to blow it with some analytics nonsense. Yo, yes, you call that 100%. We talked about it on the phone as we were trying to make the bet, and you were like, well, we got to go with the Raiders. And I was like, you got to talk me out of the Chargers because I really don't see how the Raiders win. And you were like, Brandon Staley with his analytic shit is going to overdo it. He's going to go for it on fourth down. It's going to give the Raiders points, and then they're going to be chasing it for the rest of the game. And that's just what happened, man. Skip Stradamus with the win. (laughs) Skip Stradamus. (laughs) This was, this. I mean, to move this to be the final game of the season was just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a back and forth affair. It was so entertaining. Derek Carr was twenty for thirty six. He only had one hundred and eighty six yards passing, but he had two touchdowns, both of them to Renfro, of course. Yeah. Uh, Who Herbert was getting went, bracketed the whole game? Yeah. Herbert went thirty four for sixty four. He threw sixty four passes. That's on the three hundred eighty three yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, With a top ten no, running back. I'm mad about that. Yeah. I know it's 64 attempts. You got Austin Eckler back there. You throwing the ball 64 times. <clears throat> yeah, of course the Chargers couldn't stop the run. They haven't been able to do that all year. Josh Jacobs had 132 yards on 26 carries. Um, you know, you know, it, it, this was this was crazy. Uh, it, it also has to be noted that unlike Chargers kicker uh, Dustin Hop- Hopkins, who missed a crucial field goal in this game. Uh, Raiders kicker Daniel Carlson was absolutely money from the spot, going five for five. The dude put 17 points on the board. Wow. Uh, and I looked him up. This guy is born in Colorado Springs, but there's no way this dude is not Swedish. Dig this. His name is Daniel Wilhelm Carlson. Mm, two S's? No, only one. Okay. But his dad's name is – I looked up his, his family too. His dad's name is Hassa. <laughs> oh, this dude fuck. is fucking Swedish. I bet they maybe some of our listeners already know this and they can send us stories about him, but there's no way this kid isn't a fucking, you know, half Swedish, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh this game had a little bit of everything. Um uh, you know, you had the Chargers with a huge fumble on a punt that led to the Raiders' first touchdown of the game. There was uh one play in the first quarter, what was that? The the pass from Herbert to Williams incomplete batted away but somehow landed in Eckler's hands it was just like like crazy shit was happening three lead changes uh the Raiders third and 23 converted a first down on a run play uh like <laughs> like how bad is is the Chargers run defense yeah uh <clears throat> incredibly stupid pass interference call in this game has to be noted uh which one was that Carr throws it into the back corner of the end zone. Oh, yeah. And the guy's at the middle, in the middle of the field, and they call it a Doesn't it have to be a catchable ball? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, unless the guy was, like, pulling them the whole route. But then that's defensive holding, not pass interference. I guess when the ball's in the air, it's pass interference, though. Yeah. But but come on, man. Who's Um, even saying? And they they had a couple. They're calling a lot more uh, groundings lately. Intentional groundings. And but here, here's where it happened. This is where the fucking analytics knuckleheadery came in. Chargers only no, down no, no, by no. three. Hold on. Time out, time out, time well, out. Analytics but, would not say to go there, right? Didn't they break it down on the show? They're on the broadcast, didn't they say 
analytics would say that he shouldn't have done it there on the 18 well, yard yeah, line? Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm saying that I, you're probably right about that. But what I'm saying is that state. This is where we we start having this conversation about analytics, where you have these guys like Brandon Staley, mm-hmm. who's who are just like they failed to be able to kind of read the room or read the situation. Yeah. Uh, and they just automatically go, well, no, I'm always going to go for it on fourth down because the situation was this. They're only down by three. It's mm. the nine minute mark of the third quarter. So yeah. it's not like it's desperation time. Exactly. Right? They're on they're on their own 16 yard line, fourth and one, and they don't get it. I yeah, mean, it was, I could believe it as it happened. I couldn't believe it. And it happened, and you you called it, and I was just, like, shaking my head as I watched this shit. Like, but I got to say, this this craziness at the end, you know, with the game on the line, the Chargers came roaring back. They were down 29-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter. Uh, the, the first drive, this 14-play, 75-yard uh, touchdown drive that required them to uh, challenge a, a fourth and six where they were short, and they got it. Uh, the call got reversed. The drive yeah. stayed alive. Herbert gets sacked in the red zone. Fourth and 21, Herbert steps up and throws a dart to Joshua Palmer. Uh, you know, so, you know, then you have to go for it. You're in desperation mode. So, of course, you go for it on fourth and 21 in that situation. Then the final drive of regulation, the Nar- the, the Chargers put together a 19-play drive, uh, yeah. 83 yards with multiple fourth down conversions. Uh, three times the Chargers were forced to convert a fourth and ten, and they did it. Nineteen bla- plays in barely two minutes. I couldn't believe it, man. I couldn't believe it as it was even, happening. I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah. Four seconds left. Herbert hits Williams in the end zone to tie the game with zeros on the clock to send it to overtime. Uh, I was shocked. I mean, and then I started worrying about our bet. I was like, man, I let yeah. Skip talk me into these dudes winning. But then uh, uh, I no, just he I believed me, it. He proved me right again yeah. in, in overtime with a dumbass mistake. Uh, so the Raiders <laughs> kick, a, kick a field goal, um, followed by Chargers kicking a field goal. Mm-hmm. And then comes this, this, this opportunity for this ridiculous scenario that everybody was calling for all, all week, the tie, right? The tie sends both teams into the playoffs. Uh, Raiders have the ball. Clock's winding down. It's third and four with 38 seconds left, and the Raiders are on the Chargers' 39-yard line. It kind of looks like the Raiders are getting ready to run out the clock. In the postgame interview, both the coach mm-hmm. and Derek Carr suggested that that was kind of what they were thinking about doing, and then all of a sudden, Brandon Staley calls a timeout. <laughs> and you're like, and, and I don't know if you saw the broadcast. I did. But it was like dead silence from yeah. the broadcasters. And then all of a sudden, Chris Collinsworth goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, they were in shock. Like, and, and, and when you see uh, Bisaccia, when you see the post-game press conference, you can tell that he was like, yeah, we were definitely thinking about just kind of running out the clock. And yeah, he, he called the timeout and it kind of changed what we were thinking a little bit. We popped off that run. Josh Jacobs got 10 yards, and we said, yeah. well, I, okay, I guess we have good. a chance to win it now. And, I mean, what – and, of course, Staley, 
you know, Staley in his post game said, well, I didn't like the defensive unit that we had out there. We wanted to get our run pack, our, our, our run defense package out there, which a lot of good that did. They still gave up 10 yards. To Josh <laughs> Jacobs. It's like you, you, you called a timeout to put your best run defense. On and the that field. was the result. I wouldn't have told anybody. And you still gave up 10 yards. I wouldn't have told anybody that part. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the quiet part out loud, bro. You need to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Don't tell people that. Uh, anyway, Daniel Carlson comes out and kicks the game-winning forty-seven-yard uh, field goal. I, I mean, what a what a shocking result! I think that if anybody has to explain themselves, I think it should be Brandon Staley. To be honest, yeah, man, he's fucking up uh, on every level, man. But he's still got totally. a job. You know what I'm saying? That's all. You know, just you keep your jobs <laughs> in the NFL, as long as you're not mm-hmm. playing for the. Dumbass Dolphins. The Chargers were six for seven on fourth downs, and the only one they didn't convert was the one that they never should have attempted. It was the one <laughs> that happened earliest in the game, yes. and those three points conceded after doing that on their on their own sixteen yard line. You can absolutely say that that is the moment they lost the game. You can see the momentum shift too as soon as it happened. Yeah, uh, uh, man, insane. Man, uh, it was that a wild. That would have been my win. best prediction of the year, actually. Yeah, it was a wild. It was a wild one. Yeah, Man, totally. Mike is allowed. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna dig into the playoff scenarios and everything. Um, but next episode. Yeah, but uh, the trade. You want to do MVP trash of the week? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, who's your real MVP? My real MVP, I'm going to go back to this game we just talked about. I'm going to give it to Daniel Wilhelm Carlson. Five for five, <laughs> 17 points, game-winning field goal, money from the spot, high-pressure situation in a game uh, you know, where all season long, this guy, I, I can't, this guy was a great kicker. The guy is fucking cool as a Swedish cucumber. <laughs> Love it. Uh, my real MVP is uh, TJ Watt. He tied the record that was uh, made by someone who it was given to. Yep. And he went and took that shit twice. So, uh, TJ Watt, uh, for me, I got to tell him. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And it was uh, trash. <laughs> trash, of, trash of the week. I've got the Indianapolis Colts writ large, especially Wentz and the coach. This wasn't a fluke or an unlucky loss that came down to a bad call or anything like that. The Colts got waxed by the Jacksonville Jaguars, the worst team in the NFL. They missed the playoffs and completely tarnished what was an amazing season by poor, poor, poor Jonathan Taylor, Taylor, who I feel deserves a better quarterback next year. Colts, you trash. (laughs) My bad. You said it so fast. Mm. You are trash! (laughs) Uh, my trash. Uh, I want to say the Giants because uh, they Good just choice. yeah the Giants just didn't show up after talking about showing up all the time. But um, mm. then after the games went over, uh, my team that I support fired the the coach and put us in another spin cycle for this rebuild <laughs> on the third year. By the time they get going, it'll be the end of Tua's rookie contract. Then we're going to have to be hoping that he is the right guy. Ah, let's... Yeah, so uh, I'm going to say the trash of the week is uh, Stephen Ross, man. 
get your shit together and give the fans what every fan base deserves is a a, a team you care about, man. Or or sell the mm. team. Shit, uh, Stephen Ross. You are trash. I like it. Uh, shit got learned. Uh, well, for me, I learned that uh, Mike Vrabel should be coach of the year. Yeah. Uh, thanks to both injuries and COVID madness, the Titans broke the NFL record for players used in a single season this year using 91 different dudes. They lost Derrick Henry, easily the best running back in football. They still figured out how to run, you know, how to keep the run game going with Hilliard and Foreman. Julio didn't pan out, but they figured out a way around that. Tannehill wasn't always great. They played around him too. And these Titans didn't just squeak into the playoffs. They earned the number one seed in the AFC. And they did it because they have the smartest coach and a guy who knows how to get his players to work their fucking asses off, regardless of who suits up on Sunday. Mike Vrabel, coach of the year. It's not even a contest. Wow. I like that. Uh, the shit got learned from me is uh, Chiefs ain't it, man. Mm. We thought they figured it out. We thought they figured it out. We thought they were on their way back. Uh, they had a little bumps in the road early, and they're back on track. The Chiefs ain't it, man. Uh, it's for the first time in a long time. I don't expect them to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I buy that. Which brings me to scariest teams in the AFC. I'm going to say the team you just said, Coach of the Year. I got to say the Tennessee Titans are the scariest teams. They're, they're peaking. They're, they haven't hit their peak. They're mm. coming to a peak in the playoffs after a bye week. They're going to have a post-playoff yeah. bye week peak because <laughs> they're going to bring back <laughs> Derrick Henry and they're going to bring – and uh, uh, Julio's coming on and A.J. Brown is back. And Tannehill is Tannehill, man. If you keep him clean and get a running game, he's one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in the NFL. So uh, yep. watch out for those motherfuckers, man. Who you got? I, yeah, I, I debated a little bit because I, I – I want to. I'm. I'm. The Bengals are going to be my playoff team because I think they're fun to watch and I, yeah. and I like them. Uh, the Raiders game got me thinking a lot. You know, too. They're kind of fun and spicy. Uh, I. You know, you kind of feel like you're supposed to say the Chiefs are the scariest team, but I'm not feeling that. No. Um, but I, I agree with you. King Henry on his way back. Uh, <clears throat> you know, Rayle and Foreman really, looks good too. Yeah, and I think the ability for them to maybe kind of balance, you know, that was always the big concern with Derrick Henry was like they're going to run him into the ground. Uh, and if and when he comes back, if they could manage to do what Cleveland did with with Hunt and Chubb, you know, you got Foreman and Henry, whew, that's fucking scary. Uh, and if Julio, I mean – who knows? Julio could fucking pop his hamstring next week. We have no idea. But this last game of the year, if he's going to look like that, and A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry, and Foreman, you keep Tannehill upright. Scary as fuck. Yeah, man. NFC, uh, I feel like it's the Packers easy. They're head and shoulders above the rest of the NFC. And um, you got to start looking sideways at Rodgers if they don't make it to the Super Bowl this year. I, yeah, I agree. They appear to be all healthy. They got home field advantage at Lambeau where, you know, as I said before, it's the only place that appears to matter having home field advantage this year. Mm. Um, and they got Rodgers out there playing with a huge chip on his shoulder. You know, whether it's true or manufactured, he thinks the world is against him. And I think Aaron Rodgers is a very dangerous person 
to play football against when he thinks that everybody is both doubting him and hoping for him to lose. Um, I think that's what makes him tick. I think it's what makes him tick. A lot of these top athletes are like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I took that personally. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. I think uh, also – I also want the Packers to win the Super Bowl to see what Aaron Rodgers does after that. Uh, that's yeah, cowboy <laughs> hat, yeah, horseback, yeah. sunset. Just, just messing me, just messing me. Wants this <laughs> happy trails yeah. to you. Exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, thanks for for doing this, and uh, I'm gonna go back to crying about uh, the loss of my <clears throat> coach and the. the I don't know. The I have no idea what's going to happen with my team, so uh, it'll mm. be fun to, to talk more about the playoffs. That'll be something to look forward to. I'll send you the highlight package of uh, of the NCAA championship game from last night. That'll put a smile on your face. <laughs> yes. Thanks, man. I'm going to go back and fucking put that shit on a loop, bro. I'm going to be watching it all day. Good, man. You deserve <laughs> it. Really glad for you. <laughs> Well, thanks for checking out this episode of SvenFL. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash SvenFL. And uh, there you can find out how our gambling exploits are going. And uh, you get some extra video clips and stuff like that that we put up when we can. And uh, thank you all for checking us out. It's been Jonathan Rollins. And Skiff Musara. We'll holler at y'all soon. Peace. Later, y'all. Go dogs! <laughs>